Thank you for joining us once again for Kingdom Rock Radio. Now here's a sample of today's broadcast. Because some of you have been praying, Lord, take me back to where, Lord, I used to do this. And, and Lord, I was, I mean, I was praying and I was, I was on fire for you. And, and, and I just loved you and I felt your presence. And I would pray for people and things would happen. Lord, but what happened? And you're praying to go back. But God doesn't want you to go back. He wants to take you forward. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the rich word of God. 2 Timothy, verse 19. And it reads like this. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let every one that nameth the name of Christ depart from what? Depart from iniquity. King James says iniquity. It also it can also be uh, termed um, as unrighteousness, and we'll look at iniquity shortly. In verse twenty, it said, "But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth." And some of honor and some of dishonor. Listen, if a man or woman therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Verse 22, flee also youthful lust. But follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Verse 23, but foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strife. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God preventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and they that may rather, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. Now there are several things we want to see here, but the thing that really pops out to me right now, and we're going to go forth. Look at verse twenty-six again. It says that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. You know, the devil can take people captive at his will. That's what the scripture talks about. Those that who are dwelling in iniquity, those who are dwelling in darkness, he can come and get you whenever he wants to get you. If we are dwelling in iniquity, dwelling in darkness. He can come and get you. Now, how was we say, well, how does the devil come and get folk? Does he come with a pitchfork and a red suit, a red tail? Does he come and get you that way? Anybody ever heard of temptation before? How he can lure you away anytime he want to. If you're dwelling in iniquity, if you're dwelling in darkness, if you're hanging around the wrong folk, he can come and get you when he want to get you. I can't get no talk. Look at uh, verse 20 again. It says, 
In a great house, now we really want to be talking or speaking today from the subject of vessels of honor. Vessels of honor. Backing up to verse 19 again, it says in the latter part of that, it says, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ, or everyone who calls themselves a Christian, depart from iniquity. Depart from that lawlessness. Depart from that ungodliness. Or unrighteousness, or iniquity is, uh, is uh, we can say it is uh, unrighteousness of heart and unrighteousness of life. Okay? Iniquity springs from the heart. It's more than just sin. It's something that's in the heart. Okay? So it says that everyone that is a Christian or everyone that names the name of Christ depart from or go away from iniquity, that lawlessness, that disobedience, that iniquity that's in the heart. It seems like you shouldn't have to say that to people that call themselves Christians. You shouldn't have to. That shouldn't even be written. Everyone that names the name of Christ, depart from evil, depart from doing wrong, depart from disobedience, depart from uh, unrighteousness of the heart. You shouldn't have to say that. But there are some that name the name of Christ that have to be warned and told again and again and again. Put that down. Stop doing that. Don't you know that? Kill you, boy. Don't you know that's wrong, girl? Depart from iniquity. Leave it alone. Turn the name and tell them, you got to leave that stuff alone. You got to leave it alone. God said, depart from it. Get Depart from it. I don't have to stand up here and name the stuff. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Isn't that right? He said, but, and then he gives us a good example here. He says, but in a great house or in a mansion, think about a mansion or a castle, there are, he says, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and of earth and some of honor and dishonor. Let me read that to you out of the New Living Translation. I just love the way it reads. It says in a wealthy house, in a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions and the cheap ones are used for everyday use. If you keep yourselves pure, if you keep yourselves pure, if you keep yourselves pure, I'm not a broken record. If you keep yourselves pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. What does that say? I get to choose what type of utensil I am. I get to choose whether I will be made and made of gold, silver, or clay, or wood. I get to choose what arena the Lord uses me in. I get to choose whether I will be used for a special use or purpose, or whether I will be used for common everyday things. I get to choose whether I will be a vessel of honor or a vessel of dishonor. I get to choose. And we do choose every time we say no to the enemy or yes to the enemy. We choose. You make a choice. I want to be a vessel of honor that the Lord can use. The Bible says that we will be meat for the master's use. Do you want to be meat for the master's use? 
It's not only just being saved. The Bible says that we are saved. He saved us with a calling. We have a calling. Now, we're all going to be up in the Lord's cupboard. Are you going to be a Dixie cup or are you going to be a gold cup? Are you going to be just some throwaway item? One use throwaway. Thank you. Or just some little run the mill thing. You get to choose that. You get to choose whether you walk in God's power, anointing. You get to choose whether God's glory will come upon you and your family. You get to choose that. Don't come up with, oh, I guess that's not in God's uh, plan for my life. Yes, it is. He designed all of us to be vessels of gold and, and silver, precious metals. But because we, because we decide to side with the enemy, we decide to follow his temptation, we begin to lose status or lose quality. Are you with me? Amen. You get to decide what you're going to be. And yes, it can be difficult to say no to temptation, but it is within your power to say no to it. Isn't that right? Amen. See, you've got to pray and ask the Lord. You can't do it on your own because you're weak in your own self, in your flesh. The flesh is weak. Thank you for a couple of those amens. In yourself, flesh is weak. You will have to have the power of the Holy Spirit, God's power, his presence on your life so that you may endure the temptation so that you may endure the testing or the trial. That is, you're going to have to pray and really spend time with him. You're going to have to build yourself up in the most holy faith that the Bible declares there, and I believe in the book of Jude, praying in the Holy Spirit. You're going to have to pray in the Spirit and pray with the Spirit. You're going to have to be honest with God about the temptations, about the things that are a snare to you. If smoking is your thing, if it's smoking crack, smoking weed, if it's drinking Hennessy 44, 55, I don't know what it is. If it's sex, if it's the club, I don't know what it, I don't know what your thing is, what the devil uses to pull you out of the presence of God. Because some of us can do very good at church for a while. For a while we can sustain, for a while we're fine until the enemy gets his hands around your weakness and Pulls you right back out. Amen. He pulls you out and that happens. That sin happens. That thing happens. And then there comes shame. And then there comes guilt. And then you won't want to be around the house of God anymore. Don't want to come around the house of God. And then when you, even if you see somebody, you think, oh, they know what I've been doing. They know what's on me. They know what's on me. So, they, so I bet not. I better go around them. They may smell something. They may see something. And then we begin to hide from the saints of God. Listen, people aren't, people aren't that spiritual. Let me give you, let me tell you that now. Are you hearing me? Now, if they can see, if God allows them to see, that means that he trusts them with the information and they know how to keep their mouths shut and talk to God about you to pray for you. Now I can tell you that all this other little stuff is the devil's mess that he's trying to fool you with. Okay. Turn to name. Tell him people are not, not that spiritual. 
But I'm telling you, if they can see, that means God has entrusted them with that sight, with that discernment for intercessory purposes to pray for you. Hallelujah. Other than that, the Lord said, I got you covered. Come on back home. Hallelujah. So we see again that we hold the key to being vessels of honor or vessels of dishonor. Say with me, I hold the key. It's not in the devil's hand. It's not. Not in some demon's hand. It's not in your neighbor's hand. You hold the key of how God will use you. You hold the key. Not your preacher, not the pastor. You hold the key. It is you because of the decisions that you make on a day-to-day basis. And don't say, oh, it's just so good, I can't stop. Yes, you can. Stop lying. Yes, you can. I'm telling you, you just don't want to. But let's be real and let's be honest about this thing. Can we do that? I tell you, I I really have no patience for playing. Okay? Just don't have the patience for it. The reason that some of us have not stopped because you don't want to stop. But if you if you if you desire, if you see the word of God telling you that this is right and you know that this is the way to go, ask God to help you to want to stop. Let's start there. Ask him to give you the desire to stop. Hallelujah. Amen. Before the enemy really gets his hands on you and you really have a hard time to go. Listen, every time the devil gets his hands on you and he pulls you out, it's a little bit harder to get back. It's a little bit harder because he pulls you out a little bit further and a little bit further. And a little bit further. Every time we succumb to a temptation, every time you you do something that you know is wrong, it's it, there's repentance and there's the blood of Jesus. There is forgiveness and God is standing waiting. His hands are open wide. God is not the problem, but all that shame and guilt and remorse, it's heaped on you and heaped on you and heaped on you. And you've got to dig yourself out of a mountain of that mess to feel the presence of God again. God hadn't left you. No, but it's all that other mess that is heaped up on you because it's the enemy's desire to pull you away, to heap that stuff on you, to make you feel like you're isolated and that God doesn't love you or that God does not want you though, that you have no business serving him. And all of that is false, but it is the devil's desire to do that, that you won't be used by the kingdom of God. Every time we succumb to that stuff. So what we have to do, first of all, we say, Lord, be honest with God. Lord, I like doing this. Friday night, I like shaking my hiney. I like taking a sip. I like smoking it. I like drinking it. I like shooting it. I like the way it made me feel. But I also know, Lord, that it's killing me. I also know, Lord, every time I do it, I die a little bit more. And I'm tired of dying. Help me. Take that desire out of me. Can you say that? Lord, take that desire out of me. Can you say it now? Lord, take that desire out. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. Well, you're just being real. Praise the Lord. You're just being real. It's nothing wrong with that. I can, we, we can work with that. Amen. 
But everything always starts with a desire. Remember, iniquity flows from the heart. The Pharisees and the uh, scribes and them, they, got, they were very angry with the disciples because they didn't wash their hands before they were eating. And they went over to Jesus and said, why don't your disciples wash they gnash their hands before they eat? Well, it wasn't a, an issue of germs. It was an issue of the, uh, the tradition of the elders. The elders had set up a tradition and saying that you had to do this before you ate or you weren't holy or it wasn't right. And Jesus had to correct them. He said, listen, it's not, don't you understand that it's not about washing of hands or washing of pots that's going to make a big difference. It's about washing your nasty heart that's going to make a big difference. He says, because from the heart will proceed cursings and murders and, and all these vile things. The answer and the problem is in the heart. And in the heart, that's where desire comes from. Desire. You wouldn't fool with it if you didn't have a desire for it. Men, you wouldn't fool with her if you didn't have a desire for her. Women, you wouldn't fool with him if you didn't have a desire for them. Hallelujah. It starts from that desire, and that's what iniquity is, when we have an evil desire on the inside of us. And that evil desire uh, acts like a steering wheel to your soul, and it turns you in these different places. It starts with that desire, with desire. So we need to clean up our desires. When you clean up your desires, you'll clean up your life. Hear the Holy Spirit. When you clean up your desires, you'll clean up your life. I remember, and I've said this, I don't know how many times over the years. I was walking in uh, Greenbrier Mall. We called it Blackbriar Mall uh, some years ago. And uh, I was about 19 years of age, and I was walking down the mall just minding my own business. Parnell, just minding my own business. And I heard the voice of the Lord speaking to me. And he said, Mark, he calls me Mark. He doesn't call me Pastor Stroud. He, you understand that, right? We have a relationship. Okay. He said, Mark, huh? He said, you will never be my man of faith and power until you learn to control your desires. I know it. I said, who too? I'm telling you. And I heard that, and I knew it was the voice of God. He said, you will never be my man of faith and power until you learn to control your desires. Right then and there, I heard it and I understood it. That the answer for getting rid of sin, the answer for getting rid of iniquity is in your desires. What do you desire? You go after the things that you want, don't you? When Christ becomes a desire to you, when you want him more than life, your life will begin to turn in that direction. You don't have to worry about sin or all these other things. See, all sin is a distraction. Sin is a distraction. Sin is not who you are. It's an event. It is what happened. Keep it as an event, just something that happens. It is not you. You are not Mr. and Mrs. Sin. Sin is just what happens. It, it, it was something that happened. It's an event. It's not me. I am not sin. You are not sin. It's something that happened. 
It is a distraction. It's something for the devil to point to, to show you or tell you how unrighteous you are and all that. That's all, that's all sin really is. But as we turn our hearts to the Lord and ask him to inflate, hear me, ask him to inflate his desires in you, inflate his desire in you and deflate the devil's desire, inflate the holy, deflate the unholy. Ask him to do that. Come on, you got to pray these things. Ask God to create in you a clean heart and renew a right spirit in you. That's why the Bible clears the book of Psalms that keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. It's in your heart. Are you hearing me? So I love the way the Lord starts that in verse 19. He says, let everyone that name the name of Christ depart from iniquity. God wants to use you in a supernatural way to change the world. Well, Lord, I'm just one. We can change the world. Praise the Lord. At the very least, you can change the world that you live in. You can change the culture. We can change the society. As the Lord governs, as we allow God to govern and rule our hearts. Say with me, Lord, Lord, govern and rule my heart. I got some things in here, Lord, that is not good. I ask you to take them out. Help me desire to do right. Help me to move in the right direction. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Ooh, you're getting more and more holy right now. I see it right now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Here again, but in, in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and of earth and some of honor and some of dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel of honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use. Sanctified, that is set apart. And meet for the master's use, ready for the Lord to use you whenever he desires. Now look at that in contrast to verse 26. Verse 21 says, if you purge yourself from these, from these unrighteous works, then you're going to be set aside for the Lord's use. The Lord will use you whenever he wants to. But verse 26 says, basically, if you stay in darkness, the devil will use you whenever he wants to. You get to choose who uses you. You want Jesus to use you or you want the devil to use you? Let me give you a hint. When Jesus uses you afterwards, you feel great. Hallelujah. Oh, you feel wonderful. You want to do it again. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And you'll be fine if everybody else hears about it. Praise the Lord. You want other people to hear about it. Hint, hint. When the devil uses you, you don't want nobody to hear about it. And you hate that you did it after you did it. Are you hearing me? You get to choose. Turn to them and tell them you get to choose. I'm telling you, you really do get to choose. Let's go to Jeremiah. And we're beginning to close now. Let's go to Jeremiah. Jeremiah 18. Jeremiah 18. I want, I want you to see this in the word of the Lord. Jeremiah 18. I'm just going to look at just really a couple of scriptures here. Now, someone says, well, Pastor, I don't know if the Lord can use me 
because I have done so much. I'm not where I'm supposed to be, and I know I'm not in the shape that I'm supposed to be, and my life is just out of shape. I've, just, I've done a lot, Pastor, and I'm just, mm, I'm just so far off of what I see. I'm so far off of what I see in other Christians or on television. I'm so far off. I'm just out of shape. I'm not in the shape that I'm supposed to be in. Well, God's got a cure for that. Let's look at uh, Jeremiah. The Lord tells Jeremiah, go down to the potter's house. And he says, let me show you some things. Let's look at verse 3 and verse 4. He said, then I went down to the potter's house. And behold, he wrought a work on the wheel. He was making something on the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again, another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. The word marred means to be destroyed or corrupt. It means to be spoiled. Or simply, it wasn't in the right shape or form. The vessel, what he was working, what the potter was working on, was out of form, was out of shape. It didn't meet his expectations. So what did he do? He simply crushed it. You've seen somebody making uh, pottery on a wheel, right? The potter has his hand in there, and he's shaping it with his, with his bare hand, shaping it, and it's turning, and it's turning, and it's turning. That's why you feel so dizzy sometimes, because you're turning on God's wheel. He got his hands on you, got his hands on you, you're turning and you're spinning. He has his hand on every part of your life. But for some reason, this particular piece of clay didn't get into the proper shape. And our lives can get out of shape. But it's not God. It's because of the choices that we make. How many of you can agree that your life has gotten out of shape at times because we've made the wrong choices and have gone the wrong places, said the wrong things, or didn't speak up when we should have? We become out of shape in the potter's hand. Listen to it out of the New Living Translation. It says, so, verse 3 and 4, so I did as he told me and found the potter working at his wheel. But the jar he was making did not turn out as he had hoped. So he crushed it into a a lump of clay again and started over. Wow, that sounds like it would hurt. He crushed it into a lump of clay again and started over. Meaning that the Lord is not giving up on you. He didn't give up on Israel, and he's not giving up on you. He can reform you and repurpose you from right where you are. From right where you are at this very moment to be a vessel of honor. To be a vessel of honor for the Lord to use. And he'll take you places that you've never even dreamed before. But understand that that is on you. It's not on him. It's on you. If you say, oh, Lord, I'm not where I want to be in you. That's not God. That's you. Lord, I'm not. I just don't feel your power and presence like I used to. Lord, when I first got saved, I mean, Lord, you were all over me. That's not God. That's you. Oh, it, it rang somebody's bell right there. 
Because some of you have been praying, Lord, take me back to where, Lord, I used to do this. And, and Lord, I was, I mean, I was praying and I was, I was on fire for you. And, and, and I just loved you and I felt your presence. And I would pray for people and things would happen. Lord, but what happened? And you're praying to go back. But God doesn't want you to go back. He wants to take you forward. Are you hearing me? What took place in your past is only a shadow of what's going to take place in your future. Now, that was also a word from the spirit. I prayed that you heard that. The things that you experienced in your past is only a shadow of what God's going to do in your future. He has plans for you. He has something in mind for you. But we have to say yes to his plans. Yes to his desires. But we have to depart from iniquity. We have to depart from iniquity. Turn your name to him. We got to depart from iniquity. Now understand something. You don't have to turn to it. But in Matthew 7, Matthew 7, 22, as, we, as we're coming down to a close. Matter of fact, go ahead and get it. Go ahead and get Matthew 7. Now I'll read to you Proverbs 16 and 6. Matthew chapter 7. Let me read to you Proverbs 16 and verse 6. It says, by mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. By mercy. That's what God's giving you today. Mercy. And he's also giving you truth. Let you know that you can come out of that condition and be that man and woman of God that he wants you to be. Yes, you can come out from those evil desires and be the person that God is calling you to be. Yes, there is hope. He's given you mercy and truth. By mercy and truth, and you being truthful about yourself, you can't start from where you want to be. You have to start from where you are. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. Those evil desires in the heart are purged, are taken away. And the fear of the Lord... And, uh, and by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Understand something. Our God is a great king. He has great love and he has great wrath. And we need to begin to understand what the fear of the Lord is once again. But in Matthew, 20, Matthew 7, Matthew 7, and we're getting ready, getting set to end here today. Matthew 7, verse 22. Do you have that? It says, many, here's the Lord Jesus speaking, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. And in thy name done, wonder, done many wonderful works. Verse 23, and I, rather, then will I profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me, Ye that work iniquity. You that work iniquity. You work it. It's working in you. There's a lawlessness working in your heart. There is that sinful desire working in your heart. He says, depart from me. I don't know you. You that work iniquity or you that has iniquity working in you. In other words, they did not, even though they were doing all these great things, they were casting out devils, they were prophesying, they were doing many wonderful works. 
but still they did not purge the iniquity. They didn't deal with the evil desire that was lurking on the inside. Because iniquity is there. And you know iniquity is there, especially when you, you want to do good, but you feel that little scratch on the inside. Somebody knows, somebody knows what I'm talking about. When you want to you lift your hands to the Lord, especially here, this is when you can especially uh, really see it. I like to say in God's x-ray. When you lift up your hands and say, Lord, I give all of my life to you. I want to give it all to you. And iniquity stands up in the back of your heart, says, hey, what about me? You want to give me up too? You say, shh, I'll get you in a minute. <laughs> Lord, I want to give all of my life to you. But we know that there's still something back there in that corner that is still speaking. What do you do? You say, Lord, I give my life to you. And then you go over to that corner and you pick up that iniquity and say, Lord, I give you this too. I give you all of me, all of my desires. I know it's nasty, Lord, and it smells. But you're the one who can help me clean this up. I can't do it myself. Bring all of it to him and let him wash you. Because really, to tell the truth about it, all of you are meant to be, all of us are meant to be vessels of honor. Vessels of honor, of gold and silver. Not Dixie cups, not throwaway cups that are used today and thrown away tomorrow. You say, well, Pastor, I'm out of shape. Well, let the Lord shape you up again. He'll crush you and shape you up again. Are you hearing me? I pray you receive the word of God today. We are done. I'm done. We're done in Jesus' mighty name. Well, those of you that are here tonight and those of you that are listening by way of CD, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, we're going to say this short prayer together. And I pray that if you pray this prayer sincerely, the Lord will hear you and he will answer you. So if everybody here, would you, would you stand with us at this time? And we're going to invite our Savior in our hearts because he loves us and he is not here to condemn us he's not here to embarrass us he loves you he loves you and he does not want distance to be between you so would you repeat with me would you pray with me and just say father I come to you admitting that I have done wrong I have sinned and I have fallen short of your glory. But I've heard that you're a loving God and that you will forgive me. So now I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. And I confess Jesus as my master, my Lord, and as my savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Live in me. I accept you, and I thank you for accepting me. Now fill me with your precious spirit. I thank you, Father, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org.